references. Scripture says about baptism. It was pointed out that that baptism was not mentioned on the doctrinal statement. Uh, so I guess we will cover why that is uh, today. So what the Scripture says about baptism? When you ask this, you have to ask which one, uh, because there's more than one baptism found in the Bible. So before we talk about this issue, we need to understand several things first. Uh, so the first point being is there is more than just water baptism in the Bible. A lot of times when you say baptism, everybody thinks water baptism, right? Being baptized in the water. Uh, the word baptism does not mean being dunked in water, right? Um, so there's more than water baptism in the Bible. Uh, this is clearly seen in Matthew 3, verse 11. John the Baptist, he says, I indeed baptize you with water. So John the Baptist baptized people with water uh, unto repentance. But he that cometh after me is mightier than I, whose shoes I am not worthy to bear. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. So you see three things here. John baptizes with water unto repentance. But he says, he who comes after me is going to baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. So you have a baptism with water, a baptism with the Holy Ghost, a baptism with fire. So three baptisms in this one verse. Uh, so there's more than just water baptism. When you see that word baptism or someone was baptized, you need to read the context uh, to see what they were baptized with, right? What baptism uh, they were baptized with. If you look at Matthew 20, verse 17, so of course, if you know the Bible, you know that Jesus was baptized with water by John. But here in Matthew 20, 17, it says, Jesus going up to Jerusalem took the twelve disciples apart in the way and said unto them, Behold, we go to Jerusalem, and the Son of Man shall be betrayed unto the chief priests and unto the scribes, and they shall condemn him to death. And shall deliver him to the Gentiles to mock and to scourge and to crucify him, and the third day he shall rise again. Then came to him the mother of Zebedee's children with her sons, worshiping him and desiring a certain thing of him. And he said unto her, What wilt thou? She saith unto him, Grant that these my two sons may sit the one on thy right hand and the other on the left in thy kingdom. But Jesus answered and said, You know not what ye ask. Are ye able to drink of the cup that I shall drink of and be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with? They say unto him, We are able. And he saith unto them, Ye shall drink indeed of my cup, and be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with. But to sit on my right hand and on my left is not mine to give, but it shall be given to them, for whom it is prepared of my father. And when the ten heard it, they were moved with indignation against the two brethren. So the other ten disciples got mad that they had asked that question. Um, but what you see here is Jesus, after he had been water baptized, says there is still a baptism that he has to be baptized with. So Jesus was baptized twice. Right? Uh, so there's more than one baptism in your Bible. It doesn't always mean water baptism. If you go to Hebrews 6, verse 2. The writer of Hebrews says, Therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on unto perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God, of the doctrine of baptisms, and of laying on of hands, and of resurrection of the dead, and of eternal judgment. So notice there he says, of the doctrine of baptisms. 
which means more than one, right? Plural, baptism. And then in Hebrews 9.10, Uh, it says, uh, which stood only in meats and drinks and diverse washings and cardinal ordinances imposed on them until the time of Reformation. So this is talking about the law that was imposed on Israel. Uh, and apparently they had uh, diverse washings. And so if you go to the Greek, as many people will have to tell you to do, uh, the word washings here is the same Greek word for the word baptisms in Hebrew 16. Right? Uh, so we'll look at the definition of some of the different baptisms, uh, what it can mean here in a little bit. Uh, but the word baptize or baptism does not mean immersed into water. If you look at the English definition from Merriam-Webster, he had it defined as an act, experience, or ordeal by which one is purified, sanctified, initiated, or named. Um, so it's an act, it's an experience. It's something that happens to you that either purifies you, sanctifies you, identifies you with something, right? You're initiated into something, you're named with something, um, and then of course immersed or uh, submersion, right? Immersed into something, right? Uh, that is a good definition for baptism. Uh, and then another thing that you need to understand when talking about this issue is water baptism did not begin with John the Baptist, right? It did not begin in the New Testament. Um, as we see here in Hebrews 9 verse 10, Let's talk about the law that was imposed on Israel. They had diverse washings, right? They had doctrines of baptisms in the Old Testament. Um, but if you go to John 125, it's clearly shown here that baptism was not new with John. We'll look at this passage a little closer here in a little bit, but it says the Pharisees that came to John, they asked him and said unto him, Why baptizest thou then, if thou be not that Christ, nor Elijah, neither that prophet? So you see the question, Why baptizest thou? They didn't come to John and say, What is this thing you were doing washing people with water? Right? What is this new thing you're doing, John? They said, Why are you doing this, John? They already knew what baptism was. They just didn't know why John was doing it in the wilderness. Right? They said, Why have you come to baptize? Uh, and so you can see this in the Old Testament. If you go to Exodus 29.4, just looking at a few of these washings or baptisms that God gave in the law. God speaking to Moses here in Exodus 29.4 says, Aaron and his sons thou shalt bring unto the door of the tabernacle of the congregation and shalt wash them with water. And so Moses was supposed to wash Aaron and his sons, who were the priests, the Levites. Right? He was supposed to wash them with water before they would enter into the temple and do the sacrifices. Right? They had to be washed. They had to be baptized with water. If you look at Leviticus 8.6, says, Moses brought Aaron and his sons and washed them with water. So he's doing what God commanded there in Exodus 29.4. Uh, here in Leviticus 8.6, Moses does that. Right? He washes Aaron and his sons with water. Uh, we'll not look at Numbers 19 right now, but Numbers 19, the whole passage talks about washings. Right? You have to wash yourself, wash your clothes, because you're unclean. If you touch an unclean animal, 
uh, they had rituals that they had to do. Um, they had a hyssop, which was a branch that they would sprinkle water on. Right? It was a ritual. There was sprinkling of water. Um, so it's interesting when you read the law, you see sprinkling and immersion, right? Which is a big debate among denominations, right? Do you sprinkle people with baptism or do you dump them, right? And the Bible kind of teaches both, right? Especially in Israel's law with the rituals that they had to do. There was times where they were sprinkled with water. There was times where they had to actually bathe and wash themselves, right? And be immersed in the water. Uh, and you see this in Psalms 51.7. You can make these connections when you understand uh, the law that was given to Israel, right? And these washings that they had to do. In Psalms 51.7, David says, Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Right? Because he's talking about these cleansings that, he had, uh, that the law had to do. And for David, there was no washing or cleansing that you could do to forgive your or purify yourself from murder right, and adultery, which is what David had committed. Right? That's why he says, I've received forgiveness. Right? I'm blessed for the forgiveness that I receive because there's no sacrifice. There's no washing. There's nothing I can do in the law to right, get forgiveness for these sins I've committed. Right? There was nothing given for those sins. So he says he was blessed from God because God forgave his iniquity. Uh, but that's why he's saying, purge me with hyssop, uh, I shall be clean, wash me, and I shall be whiter as snow. Because the law commanded that those things be done when there were certain sins or uncleanness uh, that people in Israel had committed. And so a failure to not understand these above things um, is a reason for a lot of the controversy surrounding this topic that we just talked about, the sprinkling versus the washing, and how you see both in the Bible. Right? You need to understand that that was part of the law, right? Um, which we're not under, so that should clarify that. Um, that baptism does not mean simply dumped in water, right? It can mean being immersed into something, being identified with something, an experience you have that identifies you with something, right? That's what baptism is. Um, I do believe every Christian needs to be baptized, but the question is with which baptism, right? Because there's more than one. If you look at Ephesians 4, Verse 3 through 6, Paul says, uh, Endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace, there is one body, one Spirit, even as ye are called, in the hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. So Paul says there is one baptism, right? And we need to be baptized with that baptism. And I believe that. Uh, baptism is essential for salvation, right? question is, which baptism? Okay. Um, again, Hebrews 9.10 says there was diverse washings, right? Uh, Mark 1.4 says John did baptize in the wilderness and preached the baptism of repentance for the remission of sins. So you have diverse washings in the Old Testament, you have John's baptism of repentance for the remission of sins. Matthew 3.11, which we looked at, you have Jesus who's going to baptize with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Uh, so this is four baptisms that we have. Matthew 20.23, 20, we looked at. Jesus says, I have a baptize, uh, baptism to be baptized with, uh, which we'll look at in a little bit, but that makes four now that we've covered, four baptisms. And then 1 Corinthians 12.13 is another one. 
Paul says, for by one spirit are we all baptized into one body, whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free, and have been all made to drink in one spirit. Right, so now you have a baptism of the spirit into one body. So this is now, what, six baptisms uh, that we see in just these few uh, scriptural passages. Uh, so Paul says there's one baptism. Right, so hopefully today we can uh, see which one baptism is for us today. And so to do that, we need to clarify the baptisms that are in the Bible. And this isn't all of them, but it is most of them. Uh, there are three things that are present at every baptism. You have one, someone doing the baptism, right, the baptizer. Uh, you have something that they're being baptized with or into, right, something to identify them with. And then there's a purpose for the baptism. Right, so those are the three things that you see present at all the baptisms. And so the first one we see is the Old Testament baptisms, or the Old Testament washings, right, which Hebrews 9.10 talks about. Uh, the people baptizing in the Old Testament was Moses. You see Moses baptizing people. Uh, the priest, Aaron and his sons. And then also it says the clean person. A clean person can do baptisms. Um, and they're being uh, baptized with water, right, or washed with water. Uh, and it's for the purpose of purification and cleansing. So if you go to Exodus 30, verse 17 through 21. It says, The Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Thou shalt also make a laver of brass, and his foot also of brass, to wash withal. And thou shalt put it between the tabernacle of the congregation and the altar. And thou shalt put water therein, for Aaron and his son shall wash their hands and their feet therein when they go into the tabernacle of the congregation. They shall wash with water, that they die not, or when they come near to the altar to minister to burnt offering made by fire unto the Lord. So they shall wash their hands and their feet, that they die not, and it shall be a statute forever to them, even to him and to the seed throughout their generations. So you see here that it wasn't just for Aaron and his sons, but it says it's going to be for his seed and throughout their generations, right? It was for the Levitical priesthood that would proceed after Aaron and his sons. But they had to, before they went into the tabernacle, before the altar, wash their hands, wash their feet, and do these washings. It says, lest ye die, right? If they didn't wash, they were going to die before they did the sacrifices, right? And so this is something that's given in the law to Aaron and the Levites to wash their hands and their feet before they enter into the tabernacle to perform uh, the priestly work, right? And this is a symbol of cleansing themselves before they go in, right? You cleanse the dirt off before you go before the Lord, right? It's a purification, a cleansing. Uh, we read Leviticus 8, 6 earlier where it says Moses washed Aaron and his sons, right, with water. If you look at Leviticus 15, verse 1 through 3. It says, The Lord spake unto Moses and to Aaron, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, and saying to them, when any man have a running issue out of his flesh, because of his issue he is unclean. And this shall be his uncleanness in his issue, whether his flesh run with his issue or his flesh be stopped from his issue, it is his uncleanness. Every bed whereon he lieth that hath the issue is unclean, and everything whereon he sitteth shall be unclean. And whosoever toucheth his bed shall wash his clothes, and bathe himself in water, and be unclean until the even. And he that sitteth on anything whereon he sat that hath the issue shall wash his clothes, and bathe himself in water, and be unclean until the even. And he that toucheth the flesh of him that hath the issue shall wash his clothes, and bathe himself in water, and be unclean until the even. And if he that hath the issue spit upon him that is clean, then he shall wash his clothes, and bathe himself in water, and be unclean until the even. 
And what saddle soever he rideth upon, he that hath the issue shall be unclean, and whosoever toucheth anything that was under him shall be unclean until the evening. And he that beareth any of those things shall wash his clothes and bathe himself in water, and be unclean until even. And the vessel of the earth that he toucheth, which hath the issue, shall be broken, and every vessel of wood shall be rinsed in water. And when he that hath an issue is cleansed of his issue, then he shall number to himself seven days for his cleansing, and wash his clothes, and bathe his flesh in running water, and shall be clean. And on the eighth day he shall take to him two turtle doves, or two young pigeons, and come before the Lord into the door of the tabernacle of the congregation, and give them unto the priests. And the priest shall offer them the one for a sin offering, and the one other for a burnt offering. And the priest shall make an atonement for him before the Lord for his issue. So these are washings that they had to do. Uh, part of it we just know, right, um, logically now, right, if you're clean, unclean, sick, is what it's talking about, the issue, um, some type of sickness or scab or cut or wound or something. If you touch what that person touched, you could get the virus, right, so you're going to wash yourself. So that was given in the law that they had to do, right? They were considered unclean if they had this issue. And God says, if you touch that person, if you touch anything they sat on, laid on, right? If you touch their saddle that they rode on, you have to do these washings, right? Otherwise, you are unclean. And so they would have to perform these washings and then go before the priest and have the priest offer a sacrifice for them, right? Uh, so you have these washings in the law. If you look at Leviticus 17, 15 through 16, It says, Every soul that eateth that which died of itself, or that which was torn with beasts, whether it be one of your own country or a stranger, he shall both wash his clothes and bathe himself in water and be unclean until the even. Then shall he be clean. But if he wash them not, nor bathe his flesh, then he shall bear his iniquity. And so you can't eat roadkill, right? Something that died of itself, right? The point here is being you need to kill it yourself, that way you know how it died. Right, could have died from a disease or something, and you could get sick from it. Right? So he says if you eat something that died of itself, or something that a beast killed, so if a lion kills a deer, and then I find the deer, I shouldn't eat that. Right? But he says if you do do that, you have to wash yourself, wash your clothes, uh, until the evening to be clean. But if you don't wash yourself, you're going to bear your iniquity. So you'll be judged for not washing yourself. Right? You'll be considered unclean. Uh, so again, they had to wash themselves to have forgiveness, right? to not bear their iniquity. Um, and so this is a sign of purification, of cleansing, right? This washings of water indicates Israel cleansing themselves. Look at Numbers 8, 5 through 7. It says, The Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Take the Levites from among the children of Israel and cleanse them, and thus shalt thou do unto them to cleanse them. Sprinkle water of purifying upon them, and let them shave all their flesh, and let them wash their clothes, and so make themselves clean. So you see here, sprinkle water upon them, right? So it's Moses sprinkling water upon uh, Aaron and the Levites to cleanse them, right? Uh, so again, that's what I say. You see both here in the law of uh, sprinkling and washing or immersing into water. Uh, Numbers 19, 14 through 21. Says this is the law: When a man dieth in a tent, all that come into the tent and all that is in the tent shall be unclean seven days. And every open vessel which hath no covering bound upon it is unclean. 
And whosoever toucheth one that is slain with a sword in the open field, or a dead body, or a bone of a man, or a grave, shall be unclean seven days. And for an unclean person they shall take the ashes of the burnt heifer, a purification for sin, and running water shall put thereto in a vessel. And a clean person shall take hyssop, and dip it in the water, and sprinkle it upon the tent, and upon all the vessels, and upon the persons that were there, and upon him that touched a bone, or one slain, or one dead, or a grave. And the clean person shall sprinkle upon the unclean on the third day, and on the seventh day. On the seventh day he shall purify himself, and wash his clothes, and bathe himself in water, and shall be clean at even. But the man that shall be unclean shall not purify himself. That soul shall be cut off from among the congregation, because he had defiled the sanctuary of the Lord. The water of separation have not been sprinkled upon him, he is unclean. And it shall be a perpetual statute unto them that he that sprinkleth the water of separation shall wash his clothes, and he that toucheth the water of separation shall be unclean until evening. And whatsoever the unclean person toucheth shall be unclean, and the soul that toucheth it shall be unclean until evening. So again, if you touch a dead person, dead bone, grave, if someone dies in your tent, your tent's unclean, you're unclean for seven days, you have these sprinkling rituals that you had to do, and at the end of seven days, you wash yourself, you wash your clothes, right, to be clean. So again, all throughout the Old Testament, the law, there's these washings, these diverse washings, these doctrines of baptism that Hebrews talks about. Um, Deuteronomy 23, 10 through 11. that there be among you any man that is not clean by reason of uncleanness that chances him by night then shall he go abroad out of the camp he shall not come within the camp but it shall be when evening cometh on he shall wash himself with water and when the sun is down he shall come into the camp again so it says by chance if something happens to a person that makes them unclean they have to leave the camp right and go out for a day and at the sundown they can wash themselves and then come back into the camp all right, so again, another washing that had to be done. Uh, if you go to 2 Kings 5, 9 through 10. Most of you probably know the story of Naaman, right? Who had leprosy and came to Elisha. Uh, it says, So Naaman came with his horses and with his chariot and stood at the door of the house of Elisha. And Elisha sent a messenger unto him, saying, Go and wash in Jordan seven times, and thy flesh shall come again to thee, and thou shalt be clean. Uh, why do you think Elijah told Naaman to go and wash in the Jordan? Because the law said to do that, right? The law said you have to wash yourself if you have a sickness, right, to be clean. And so he says go do it seven times. Um, it's interesting, after seven days, right, they would be clean if they wash themselves. So he says dunk seven times or wash seven times in the Jordan to be clean. Right, because that's what the law said. You had to do these washings to purify yourself, to make yourself clean. Uh, so that's why Elijah told him uh, to do that. And so these are the Old Testament washings that you see in the Old Testament that Hebrews talks about. Right? It's uh, pretty much what John was doing when he came with baptism. Right? He was washing people in Jordan or signifying that cleansing, right? that purification that had to be done uh, for the nation of Israel. Uh, so John's baptism in Matthew 3, 2 is clearly stated that he baptized for the remission of sins. In Matthew 3, 2, he says, uh, Repent ye, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. That's what he's preaching here. 
John is the baptizer. He's baptizing with water, and it's for the purpose of remission of sins and purification. And so you look at verse 5 through 6 there in Matthew 3. It says, Then went out to him Jerusalem and all Judea and all the region round about Jordan and were baptized of him in Jordan, confessing their sins. So John is baptizing people in the river of Jordan, and they're confessing their sins. Right? Uh, Mark 1, 4. We'll be back and forth between the four Gospels. Mark 1, 4 says, John did baptize in the wilderness and preached the baptism of repentance for the remission of sins. All right, so John is preaching, you have to be baptized if you want remission of sins, right? which is what the law would teach. Right? You have to do those washings, those cleansings, if you wanted to be clean. Uh, Luke 3, 3 says, He came into all the country about Jordan, preaching the baptism of repentance, for the remission of sins. John 3, 23 through 26. It says, And John also was baptizing in Anon near to Salem, because there was much water there. And they came and were baptized, for John was not yet cast into prison. Then there arose a question between some of the John's disciples and the Jews about purifying and they came unto John and said unto him, Rabbi, he that was with thee beyond Jordan, to whom thou bearest witness, behold, the same baptizeth, and all men come to him. So you notice there a question arises among the Jews about purifying. And this question surrounds Jesus is baptizing a lot of people, John. This is their question, right? He's baptizing more people than you, right? Is that okay? Is he uh, supposed to be doing this, right? Is he supposed to be purifying people? Because that's what John was doing. All right, so you see the connection here between purification and water baptism that John's disciples have, right? Because that's what John was doing. He was purifying Israel before they would enter into the kingdom, right? He was preaching uh, in Matthew 3, 2, uh, Repent ye for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. I'm baptizing preaching the repentance for the remission of sins. Right? The kingdom of heaven is at hand. You need to be washed. You need to be cleansed, right, for remission of sins to enter into that kingdom, Right? So you're there at John, uh, John 1.25-37. So not only was John's purpose for baptism uh, to preach the remission of sins, but also to identify Jesus as Christ was another reason he came baptizing. In John 1.25 it says, Um... When they asked him and said unto him, Why baptizest thou, then if thou be not that Christ, nor Elijah, neither that prophet? John answered them, saying, I baptize with water, but there standeth one among you, whom you know not. He it is who coming after me is preferred before me, whose shoes latch it I am not worthy to unloose. These things were done in Bethbar beyond Jordan, where John was baptizing. The next day John seeth Jesus coming unto him, and saith, Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. This is he of whom I said, After me cometh a man which is preferred before me, for he was before me, and I knew him not, but that he should be made manifest to Israel. Therefore am I come, baptizing with water. And John bare record, saying, I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove, and it bowed upon him. And I knew him not, but he that sent me to baptize with water. The same said unto me, Upon whom thou shalt see the Spirit descending, and remaining on him, the same is he which baptizes with the Holy Ghost. And I saw him bear record that this is the Son of God. Again the next day, after John stood and two of his disciples, and looking upon Jesus as he walked, he saith, Behold, the Lamb of God. So John here says part of the reason he came baptizing with water was to make 
the one after him, who was preferred before him, manifest to Israel. And he says, this is the Son of God. I bear witness. The Spirit came, ascended upon him, rested upon him. He is the Son of God. Uh, so that was another reason for John's water baptism, was to identify who was the Christ. Um, also to identify who was true Israel. Let's look at Matthew 3, 7 through 13. When he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees come to his baptism, he said unto them, O generation of vipers, we have warned you um, to flee from the wrath to come. Bring forth therefore fruits, meet for repentance, and think not to say within yourselves, We have Abraham to our father. For I say unto you that God is able of these stones to raise up children unto Abraham. Now also the axe is laid into the root of the trees, therefore every tree which bringeth not forth good fruit is honed down and cast into the fire. I indeed baptize you with water into repentance, but he that cometh after me is mightier than I, whose shoes I am not worthy to bear. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire, whose fan is in his hand, and he will thoroughly purge his floor and gather his wheat into the garner, but he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. And so you see there, John preaching, you need to have works, you need for repentance, bear good fruits, or you're going to be cut off and thrown into the fire. Right? Jesus is coming after me, one's coming after me, so I'm baptized with the Holy Ghost with fire, and says whose fan is in his hand, and he will thoroughly purge his floor, and he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. Right, so in other words, you need to repent, be baptized for remission of sins, purify yourselves, bear good fruits, or you're going to be burned in the fire and judge. Right, is what uh, John is preaching here. I have here Matthew 21, 23 through 27. says, And when he was come into the temple, the chief priests and the elders of the people came unto him as he was teaching, and said, By what authority doest thou these things? And who gave thee this authority? And Jesus answered and said unto them, I also will ask you one thing, which if you tell me, I am likewise will tell you by what authority I do these things. The baptism of John, whence was it, from heaven or of men? And they reasoned with themselves, saying, If we shall say from heaven, he will say unto us, Why did you not then believe him? But if we shall say of men, we fear the people, for all hold John as a prophet. And they answered Jesus and said, We cannot tell. And he said unto them, Neither tell I you by what authority I do these things. So you see here, right, John was identifying true Israel. The Pharisees were not true Israel because they didn't believe John. Right? Because Jesus asked this question, By what authority did John baptize? If they say from heaven, he's going to say, Well, why didn't you believe him? Right? So it shows here the Pharisees did not believe John. Right, those who believed John and were baptized for remission of sins would be true Israel. Right? Those were the ones that uh, would believe John when he identified the Christ. Right? And would follow Jesus. And you see that in John when he says that it's Nathan and another right, go and follow Jesus after John says, Behold the Lamb of God. Right? So again, you see John identifying true Israel. Um, also another reason which is tied to all this is to prepare the way of the Lord. And so you see John say this in John 1, 19 through 23. It says, And this is the record of John, when the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, Who art thou? 
He confessed and denied not, but confessed, I am not the Christ. And they asked him, What then? Art thou Elijah? And he saith, I am not. Art thou that prophet? And he answered, No. And said they unto him, Who art thou, that we may give an answer to them that sent us? What sayest thou of thyself? He said, I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness, make straight the way of the Lord, as said the prophet Isaiah. If you look at Mark 1, 2 through 3. As it is written in the prophets, Behold, I send my messenger before thy face, which shall prepare thy way before thee. The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare ye the way of the Lord, make his path straight. So John says he is that prophet. He's the prophet that came uh, to prepare the way of the Lord and to make his path straight. Right? He was the messenger which shall prepare thy way before thee. And he's quoting Isaiah 43 and Malachi 3 1. Isaiah 43 says, The voice of him that crieth in the wilderness, Prepare ye the way of the Lord, make straight in the desert a highway for our God. As you see there, make straight a highway for our God in the desert. John was in the wilderness, right, baptizing, and said he came to prepare the way of the Lord. Malachi 3.1 is the other passage. Behold, I will send my messenger, and he shall prepare the way before me. And the Lord whom ye seek shall suddenly come to his temple, even the messenger of the covenant whom ye delight in. Behold, he shall come, saith the Lord of hosts. So you see, behold, I will send my messenger, and he shall prepare the way before me. Right? John says he is that prophet doing that. And so you think about this. Uh, priest had to be washed, right? Actually, look at Isaiah 35, 8. Before we get there. Part of this preparing the way of the Lord, another interesting thing in prophecy, um, you saw in Isaiah 43, it talked about the highway of the Lord. In Isaiah 35, 8, it says, And a highway shall be there, and a way, and it shall be called the way of holiness. The unclean shall not pass over it, but it shall be for those, the wayfaring men, the fool shall not err therein. You see, the unclean shall not pass over it. And in the prophets, there, it talks about this highway that they will enter into the kingdom in. From the desert. And so it's interesting, John is in the wilderness saying he's preparing the way of the Lord, the kingdom of heaven's at hand, repent, be baptized for remission of sins. The unclean can't walk on this highway entering into the kingdom. So Paul is cleansing Israel to prepare them, prepare the way of the Lord, because the kingdom is at hand, so that they can enter into the kingdom on this highway. So again, that's another connection you can make to why John was baptizing. Right? He's preparing the way of the Lord cleansing the Israelites so that they can be clean and enter into the kingdom that is at hand. Um, but you think about, we saw in Exodus 30, the priest had to be washed, right? God commanded Moses to wash Aaron and his sons to do the priestly work. And Israel was given a covenant in Exodus 19, 5 through 6, that the whole nation would be a kingdom of priests, Right? It says, Now therefore, if you will obey my voice indeed and keep my covenant, then you shall be a peculiar treasure unto me above all people, for all the earth is mine. And you shall be unto me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words which thou shalt speak unto the children of Israel. So again, Israel is going to be a kingdom of priests to the nation, right? Ministering 
the law of God and righteousness to the nations, bringing them to see the Christ, right? You see, you think about John is washing Israel, true Israel, so that they can enter in that kingdom to be those priests to the world, right? Because the priests had to be washed before they could do the work of the Lord, right? So again, another connection to make for why John was baptizing. Uh, 1 Peter 2, 9, Peter writing to that little flock, he says, you are a royal priesthood, right? A holy nation, right? He identifies his followers as a royal priesthood, right? And those were people who would have been water baptized. So again, another connection to make there. Uh, Jesus' baptism, he had two, as we saw earlier. Turn to Mark 1, 9, the baptizer is John the Baptist. Jesus came, and it came to pass in those days that Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized of John in Jordan. So very clear, Jesus was baptized by John in Jordan. Look at Matthew 3, 13 through 16. The purpose of this baptism, which there is some controversy around because John's baptism was for the repentance of remission of sins, right? And Jesus, being the Son of God, had no sins. So why was he water baptized by John? John is cleansing Israel, purifying Israel, right? Preaching you have to be baptized in water for remission of sins. Why is Jesus baptized by John? And it says here in verse 13 of Matthew 3, Then cometh Jesus from Galilee to Jordan unto John to be baptized of him. But John forbade him, saying, I have need to be baptized of thee, and comest thou to me. So you see John has the dilemma here. Why are you coming to me to be baptized? You're sinless, right? I need to be baptized by you. Um, so you see, John realizes this, that Christ doesn't need to be baptized with his baptism, right? Which shows you John's baptizing for the remission of sins. Uh, it says, Jesus answered and said unto him, Suffer it to be so now, for thus it becometh us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he suffered him. And Jesus, when he was baptized, went up straightway out of the water, and lo, the heavens were opened unto him. And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting upon him. All right, so Jesus says he needs to be baptized to fulfill all righteousness. So this has to do with uh, fulfilling the law. Matthew 5, 17 through 18, Jesus said, Think not that I am come to destroy the law of the prophets. I am not come to destroy, but to fulfill. For verily I say unto you, till heaven and earth pass, one jot or one tittle shall in no wise pass from the law, till all be fulfilled. So again, if you have to be washed to go into the kingdom, Jesus says, the law says, I'm going to do it. Right? Even though there was no need for him to wash his sins, he didn't have no sins. Um, but he did bear the sins of many, right? So he did bear Israel's sins. He bore everybody's sins, right, as was later revealed. So you can see that picture, too, that he's being numbered with the transgressors, which Isaiah 53, 12 talks about. Um, and it says that was fulfilled when he was crucified on the cross. But even here in John's baptism, right, which was for the remission of sins, Jesus is baptizing, right? He's being numbered uh, with the transgressors there. Um, you could ask the same thing for Luke 2.21, why was Jesus circumcised? Right? Because circumcision is a sign of cutting off your flesh, right? Um, that's a spiritual application there. Jesus didn't need that to happen either. Right? But in Luke 2.21, we see that his mother circumcised him after eight days as the Paul commanded. Right? So Jesus was baptized of John not because he had sin, right? but to, one, identify himself with John's ministry, 
um, two, to be numbered with the transgressors, right, and to fulfill all righteousness, right, to keep the law. Uh, so that's Jesus' water baptism. Uh, his other baptism that we looked at in Matthew 20 was a baptism to fulfill the prophets by dying. In Luke 12, 50, he says, But I have a baptism to be baptized with, and how am I straightened till it be accomplished? Right, so he says, I have a baptized, uh, baptism that I have to be baptized with. And so the baptizer of this baptism is Jesus himself, or say God, but also the unbelieving Jews had a hand in it, right? Because it has to do with Jesus' own death. In John 10, 17 through 18, Jesus says that he lays down his own life. He said, Therefore doth my Father love me, because I lay down my life, that I might take it again. No man taketh it from me, but I lay it down in myself. I have power to lay it down, and I have power to take it again. This commandment have I received of my Father. All right, so Jesus says, I have the power to lay down my life and take it again. Right, this is him speaking of his death. No man is going to take it from him. He's going to lay it down of himself. Philippians 2. Verse 7 and 8, it says, Speaking of Jesus, who made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death even the death of the cross. So you see Jesus submitting to this baptism. Right? He became obedient unto death, uh, the death of the cross. If you look at here, Matthew 26, 39-42. So again, the Jews, unbelieving Jews, had a hand in it. farther and fell on his face and prayed, saying, O oh, my Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou wilt. And he cometh unto the disciples, and findeth them asleep, and saith unto Peter, What could you not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray that ye enter not into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. He went away again the second time, and prayed, saying, O oh, my Father, if this cup may not pass away from me, except I drink it, thy will be done. And so this verse is here to make the connection in Matthew 20. Uh, 23, when Jesus says, can you drink of the cup that I'm going to drink of, and can you be baptized with the baptism I'm going to be baptized with? Here he says, let this cup pass from me. Right? This is the cup, the baptism that he was talking about there. So that's how you can make that connection. That's what he's talking about. Um, in Acts 2.38, or 2.36, rather, Peter, in the early part of Acts, right, condemns the Jews for killing their Messiah. In Acts 2.36, he says, Therefore let all the house of Israel know surely that God hath made that same Jesus whom you crucified both Lord and Christ. So you see, Peter says, You crucified Jesus the Christ. Or he, he condemns the Jews there for that. In Acts 3.14-15, it says, But ye denied the Holy One and the just and desired a murderer to be granted unto you and killed the Prince of Life whom God hath raised from the dead, whereof we are witnesses. Right, so he says, you killed the Prince of Life. So again, he condemns the Jews 
uh, the unbelieving Jews for killing the Messiah. Right? So this baptism of death that Jesus had to be baptized with, the baptizer is Jesus himself because he lays down himself. It's God, the Godhead, because they had this plan right before the foundation of the world. He submits to the will of the Father to do this. But it's also the unbelieving Jews who had Jesus crucified. Right? So those are the baptizers of this baptism. Um, he's baptized, though, with suffering and death. And so when he says in Matthew 20, 20 through 23, can you be baptized with the baptism that I'm going to be baptized with? They answer and say yes. And he says, yes, you will be baptized with the baptism that I'm baptized with. And that's him telling them, you're going to die for me, right? And the apostles were martyrs for Christ. So they identified with this baptism as well, of being uh, suffering and being put to death. But in Luke 24, 26... says, ought not Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory. You see, so you see he talks about his sufferings, right? I had to suffer these things to fulfill the prophets. Right? I had to be baptized with this baptism of suffering and death. Acts 3.18 Peter says, For those things which God before has showed by the mouth of all his prophets that Christ should suffer, he had so fulfilled. All right, so Peter says it was prophesied that Christ had to suffer, right, and he fulfilled that. All right, so again, that's the baptism uh, that he was going to be baptized with. Luke 9.30. It says, And behold, there talked with him two men, which were Moses and Elijah, who appeared in glory and spake of his decease, which he should accomplish at Jerusalem. And so this is interesting when Jesus is uh, on Mount Transfiguration and appears in glory to Peter, James, and John. And Elijah and Moses appear with him. It says, They spake of his decease, which he should accomplish at Jerusalem. Which is interesting. They're speaking of the death that he's going to accomplish. Right? So Jesus knew that he would have to accomplish this right, to fulfill the prophets. And then John 19, 28, which we talked about a few weeks ago when we talked about what it meant when Jesus says it is finished here. Uh, it says in verse 28, after these things, knowing that all things were now accomplished, the scripture, that the scripture might be fulfilled, he saith, I thirst. Right? And so that's to fulfill that prophecy. And then after this, uh, he said it is finished. Speaking of the prophecies being fulfilled is what he means there when he says it is finished. Right? Then he dies and resurrects. You can't say it is finished and it be referring to his death and resurrection when he's still alive. Right? He hasn't yet died or resurrected. Uh, he's talking about the prophecies that he would accomplish. Right? And so that is what uh, the purpose of this baptism was. Right? was for him to fulfill the prophets uh, dying for sins, which he talks about in Luke 24, 44, right, that he had to suffer and die to fulfill the uh, prophets, the law of Moses. John 19, 30, he says it is finished, again, showing that he had to fulfill the prophets uh, and suffer for sins. Hebrews 2, 9, it says that Jesus Christ suffered death or tasted death for every man. Right? So again, he had to do that to taste death for every man. And what was later revealed about his death and resurrection was that it was a ransom for all. And so 2 Corinthians 2, 7 through 8, 
our first transients to second degree. Paul says, but we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, even the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the world unto our glory, which none of the princes of this world knew, for had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. All right, the purpose of the cross, uh, the mystery purpose was kept secret until it was revealed to Paul. And then 1 Timothy 2, 6. Verse 5, it says, There is one God, one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself a ransom for all to be testified in due time. So the key there is testified in due time. It wasn't testified as soon as he died. Right? This ransom for all was testified in due time when it was revealed to the Apostle Paul. Uh, so that was the purpose for Jesus' baptism, right? to fulfill the prophets and to die for sins, right? to bear the sins of Israel, but also all the world that was later revealed. So we will stop there for now and cover the rest of these baptisms. And then we'll look at the one baptism for us today. But any thoughts or questions so far?